0: Hi guys, welcome to another edition of Gold Bazen. Today we'll be interviewing Iranian-American Kath Suyar, who's led a, basically a mini-revolution for Iranian women in football uh, through her work. She's the first ever Iranian woman to have her FIFA A license, notable former captain of the Iranian women national team, and currently has a seat in the Sports National Oversight Board and also is coaching the national under-14 team. Um, through her work, she's trying to popularize and normalize the sport in Iran, Guobazana has a very, very great pleasure of interviewing you today, and I hope you guys enjoy it. guys right now I'm joined with Kat Yar. as you notably know this person is basically empowering women through sports um, and she's been an inspiration for many um, Iranian women these days um, through her work and um, it's a pleasure to have you on Kat thank you for coming on Golbazan uh, thank you so much for inviting me it's a pleasure so my first question obviously to you is um, obviously I knew that You attend the Tehran International School for the Women's, I did as well. So how was that experience like for you to basically move from Oklahoma to Iran? And was that a culture shock to you, knowing that you, but not knowing Farsi at the time? How was that for you, the big transition?
1: Well, I mean, there was one fact that was wrong was I never traveled to Iran before that. I, I was born in Oklahoma, but I mean, I was able to move around a lot, so like, I spent a lot of my my years in Texas and usually during the summers, I went to outside of the US, London, Spain, whatnot. Um, but whenever I came to Iran, it was, um, it was a huge culture shock for me. Um, not, not in anything bad. It was just like I've never had so much family surrounding me. Because, I mean, come on, it's not every day that uh, you get to have your uncles and your aunts right next to you. And instead, you have your neighbors and their dogs and whatnot. So for me, um, the culture shock was that it was very family-orientated and people were very much involved and embedded within each other. And um, I think that's what I really appreciated. And that's the main reason why I wanted to stay in Iran was because I didn't have that back in the States or anywhere else that I was able to travel to. So moving to Iran, I mean, regardless of not knowing the language, I was able to um, learn it very, very fast because it's not it's not everyone, I mean, not many people, well, spoke English, but they knew a few words here and there. And
0: um, it was such a beautiful language that I just had to learn it. That's, re- that's really interesting, Kat. Um, I'm going to pass it on now to Army. He's going to ask you the second question.
1: Okay. Besides
0: playing for the Iranian national team, did you ever play for any clubs overseas?
1: Yes. I mean, uh, I mean, I was raised in the U.S. until I was 17, and uh, I was playing since I was 5, 6 years old. And I moved up the, the, the ladder professionally so I went from um, just playing with a recreational team to going to a club to going into um, uh, my school team and then playing on the state team and uh, from there I just went straight to the national team um, of Iran and um, whenever I want to go to uni I actually went to my first year in um, Madrid and played for a team called Carranza which was um, the, the number one team back in 2006 whenever I graduated. And then uh, I, I mean, I continually played so much for the national team because uh, the national team of Iran just started, so it was always there was always camp. So I, really, I was either studying or going to camp. I really never had time to go play professionally because I was so focused on the national team. Until um, until we started playing uh, international games and going, getting involved in tournaments. Um, that was all I ever had time for, and then um, that—that's that really sums up my my experience with the national team of Iran and how I um, and how I uh, how I matured over the years since I started playing from day one.
0: Sure, great. My next question I have for you, Kat, is you know, um, obviously growing up in the states and now you're in Iran. You know, what really made you to represent women's uh, national team for Iran um, over, you know, obviously the United States? Um, Was it something personal or was it something that you felt like you could change?
1: I I wasn't here to change anything. I think it was more of me trying to find my identity. I mean, I know just as you guys, like, we are all Iranians, but then we're raised in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then you see that all your friends end up being non-Americans, or most of them. And um, there's certain things that people just don't get, and um, I didn't get it either with uh, my friends that I made anywhere else. Um, it's just a matter of the traditions and culture. So for me, growing up in the U.S. and I, I was the only—how do I say—I was the only like Iranian-blooded person playing football as a woman in the U.S. I just never felt like—I um, never felt the the positive vibes. Is what I can sum it up to, and. When I moved to Iran, I think uh, I had so much more passion and energy to play for them than anywhere else. And I really uh, enjoy telling people that I'm an American, Iranian, I play for the Iranian national team. That for me was much more important than um, playing in the U.S. One, because football or soccer in the U.S. has already um, become so popular. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I want to do the same thing for Iran and help with that movement.
0: You know, Um, yeah. Go ahead, Arnie.
1: What was the atmosphere in
0: the dressing room when Iran's women national football team got disqualified because of FIFA's rules against hijab?
1: Oh well, that was. um, If you watched my TED talk, I mean, you sure would have understood how heartbreaking it was. Um, it, It was very shocking. Like, apparently, they knew it from before, but no one mentioned it to us. That this was going to happen to this um, severity, and uh, just being in the locker room was 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 not good. Like I remember, like I left the locker room because I was just like I've given up my master's degree education from the UK to come train and, and make a difference, and I, I didn't really know what direction everything was going. So, and the worst part was was that I, I mean it wasn't a um, it wasn't a European it wasn't a Southeast Asian person who told us it was a Bahraini woman who told us who understood our pain as well So she understood it and it it just made everything a lot more complicated that um, this was happening because She she knew the situation she knew okay in her country from Bahrain women have the same issues Do You know what I mean? So I think everyone was just crying all (laughs) together It wasn't making anything easier But the good thing was was that um we did not just uh, let go. We worked with the other um, countries who had the same problem. Like more specifically, it was Jordan and it was the the, the vice president of FIFA, who's the Prince of uh, Jordan. He's the one who really pushed this movement to go through. Um, but you know, Iran was the the whole team that couldn't play. Like the other countries, they just had a few players here and there. But for a whole country not to play, that was just very embarrassing.
0: Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking because uh, that's that's one of the reasons why when we heard about a TED Talk or you're like, wow, somebody like you that you're trying to basically change something and bring something, especially with the hardliners not accepting it. But okay, My next question to you is, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're in China with under-16. Are you now the head coach of the U-16 or are you still the manager of u fourteen? And my next question is um, what do you think about this team and how's the progress been and what did people actually think of you guys in Iran are you guys getting any um, press news um, stuff like that?
1: I will tell you it's taken a lot of years to gain respect um, within the country because one, it's a it's a new thing for women to be so involved in sports, and, and this is a team sport, okay? Yeah. I yeah, you did have your individual players like um, rifle, or taekwondo or um, martial arts, and they were very they they done a very very good job in the federation to um, keep up with the momentum. But football was actually the the first real women's team sport, and um, this is an Islamic republic. Do you know what I mean? So this is like yes. a whole new thing. <laughs> For everybody, even for the players. and But fortunately, as you all know, that Iranians love football. And uh, it wasn't very difficult to get um, recognition and, and uh, permission from the parents to get their kids involved. Um, because at the end of the day, everyone wants their child to be involved in something uh, proactive and being very healthy, adopting a healthy lifestyle. And um, for me, um, I'm the only one that has had education outside of Iran for coaching. I've been um, I've been uh, uh, sp- um, sponsored by the Asian Football Confederation, mm-hmm. UEFA, and FIFA to undergo very difficult courses, and that's how I was able to get my A license at the age of 25. And um, the federation has uh, c- uh, has kept a very good relationship with me, and they've tried to use me um, in every which way possible, which I which I, I which I want them to. So for me, it's not just my focus on um, 14, 16, going back to 14. They have allowed me to have um, be the advisors mm-hmm. for all the teams, actually, and even be part of the technical committee. And um, they, they, I'm trying to get all my information of what I know from my experience and whatnot. i trying to put it down and um, educate the other coaches. Um, although they are older than me, I think I have gained my respect because when I've been a player, I have undergone very difficult situations as a player and as a coach. Because it's not easy, so that they have they really um, they respect me, which is the best part, and they trust me. Um, I was a part of the whole under fourteen national team, which was great. But the under sixteen wanted my help as far as getting a team together, um, finding a program that fits them to be able to. I get the conditioning and fitness um, up a lot because we went to China. We're playing against the best of the best, you know? Japan and uh, China and South Korea is no joke. And um, unfortunately, when our under 19 team went, uh, they they performed to the best of their abilities. So for me, I had to take what they um, experienced, find a program for the under 16 team make them go under strenuous training programs. I mean, not just running around the field, but it was conditioning meant for football purpose. And I think when we went to China, we performed well. Uh, We did not lose badly. I mean, I think we we lost about 4-0 each game, which is good compared to teams who um, have an amazing development system in their country for women's football. And for me, I was involved with the under-16 only for six months. So to get these girls from point A to point B was... um, was tough, but I think they advanced very well, and they did not complain once. They were ready for to fight, and um, hopefully one day, if you guys ever see them play, you'll see uh, what I mean by that. They played very good. We got praised a lot. They said that we've improved a lot, and um, right now within the Federation, we're just working on developing our um, grassroots and our base, right. so from that, we can grow and become much better, because we have the talent and we have the players. We need to have better... Um, Coach education, to train our
0: players. Yeah, you know I want uh, to topic, keep talking, remain to the topic talking about grassroots, uh, roots, and that's something that Iran is really struggling with, in, in in the respect that, basically producing talent, um, to replacing basically veterans and stuff like that. But Cap, okay, my question to you is, how do you go about recruiting these young women? Um, do they come out of their bubble? You know, how is it that you're like, dis- distinguish this talent from that talent? Um, you know, going about trying to find what's the best key players that you could have in your team.
1: <laughs> well, we, we pack our suitcases and we travel all over Iran to find mm-hmm. our players. <laughs> it's as easy as that. Um, we have divided Iran into nine regions, mm-hmm. and um, the head coaches, the coaches, the technical advisors—they all go together as a group to these regions. They, um, the those regions, the ones that have good futsal teams. The ones that they think players will be good for football, they bring them out. And um, we have a festival in those regions. And that's how we're able to recruit our players.
0: Uh, Interesting. You know, it's like the thing with me is with uh, Iranian football is that it's, it's not also about always coaching and, you know, recruiting players. But you also need that support. Um, you know, obviously I'm jumping the gun now, but do you think the nuclear deal, obviously that is, that would be happening, do you think, uh, would they, would that implement a new era for Iran's women's national team with the foreign corporate sponsored deals and interactions with European and American soccer programs? Do you think that could potentially be a big, big help to us getting sponsors and I stuff th- like that?
1: I think it, people interna- definitely have international support because they see that Iranian women are um, athletically very strong. I mean, right now, even within the country, people, like, huge companies and corporations are are visibly seeing this, and they do want to put their money down. But we have to make sure that the federation has a structure first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, once the structure has been um, implemented, uh, people would want to come in, because I'm already speaking to huge club, European clubs, and they're like, we want to come into Iran, we know that there's talent, and we want to bring our money in, so I think, I mean, even uh, once the, the, the sanctions are lifted and the swift starts, you know, it's going to take a couple years, but mm-hmm. overall, um, I, it's, I mean, I don't want to be overly positive, but I will be very logical that, yes, it will help definitely because i mean we have european leagues they have um, they have the experience they have the knowledge and the know-how we definitely need them and they definitely want to come to iran because it's good investment for them okay well as you have seen recently iran's uh, women's national futsal team has done incredibly well in asia winning the asian cup and wowing the world in process do you think the same could happen
0: with our world, uh, with our women national football team
1: Women's Futsal has um, had a very long journey and they have had um, amazing coaches, they have implemented really good programs and you know Futsal is extremely, extremely popular right now in Iran because one, there are tremendous amount of facilities and um, I think girls just like that more because it's a lot more stable than football. I mean even our men's um, football teams, they have a hard time and they struggle a lot to find um, football fields across the country. Because, one, it's very expensive uh, to, to build and to maintain. Like, even with uh, the Azadi uh, training grounds, that's, it's extremely expensive to maintain that. So that's why women's futsal has grown over the years, because it's unfortunate that we can't have football, so those players, those talented players, go play futsal. Um, I think it's going to take, um, like I said, a lot of time and a lot of money to Improve our women's football, because the Federation has noticed that we have um, very, very good players, very talented. We have uh, good coaches and whatnot, but we just need to have a an infrastructure. And something. this is something that not even the men have yet. So we're, they're working parallel to get this going, but like I said, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. So hopefully, uh, like I said, with the, the relief on sanctions and um, we... we like the uh, the Federation is able to get their money because from like the FIFA World Cups, they're still not able to get what is owed to them. So hopefully over time, in due time, we will get that, um, get that going because uh, Mr. Capuashian has um, actually given me the responsibility to uh, work on a development program for mm-hmm. women's football. And um, I'm, I've started it and I'm really trying to find um, ways that will really help uh, get, this, um, get the infrastructure right.
0: Performance, but, uh, you know, Kat, I have my last question for you. And obviously, you just talked about your future goals and stuff. But looking long term, um, will you still want to be still part of Team Medi or do you think you want to be like head coach of some other um, team overseas? Um, what is predominantly your main future goal that you're trying to fix right now? Is it still what you just talked about, Kat Fushing, or is there some bigger project that you guys are trying to develop for the Rangers? Yeah, I mean, be- being a
1: coach, um, being being um, a trainer, being everything for the, the national team has been an honor. But for with what I know, with the education I've received, with the experience that I've had in football, I think I need to do something a lot bigger. Um, definitely I will always um, have my coaching um, responsibilities. Definitely I'll always advise whatever team wants to be advised. But I, I have to move on to something a lot bigger that will help the, the nation. That, for me, I think that's a huge responsibility, and I think um, only I can do it, with the help, of course, of my um, co-workers. But I have moved on to doing that because it's what is needed for us to improve.
0: Kat, uh, my friend, thank you so much for coming on Gold of the Zen. Honestly, your story and what you're doing right now for our football is amazing. I wish, I wish our men would actually take some notes from this option of Pair of Onion stuff, unfortunately, because um, the men are also having difficulties. But hopefully we could also have you on the panel um, to talk about more Iranian football. But thank you so much, Terra International School alumni. And um, I bet you, your friend Holly Daggers, she, she's told me just to say hi to you right now on live. But um, nonetheless, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: I actually thank you guys for giving me this opportunity for talking about women's football. And uh, Holly, hello. And to the rest of you guys, um, I hope to see you one day in Iran doing the amazing things that you're doing already.
0: I appreciate it, Kat. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.